0: so thankful to know the master you're the master of every circumstance lord no matter what we find ourselves in sickness perils lord whatever it may be lord world problems sickness around us you're the master lord we come to the master tonight lord and just ask that you would come and you would speak to our hearts and touch our lives lord once again lord to be touched by you Lord, I know the scripture talked about a family, Lord, one day that had lost a loved one. and He was in the grave some four days and they'd called for you and sent for you. Lord, it seemed like you walked the other way, but Lord, there was a plan, a greater plan, Lord, to come and move in a mighty way in a situation. And Lord, the scripture says, as you came, Lord, they came to Martha and said, the master has come. And calleth for thee. May the Master come tonight. May he come and speak to our hearts, Lord. Draw us closer to You, Father. Move us into higher heights and greater depths, Lord, than we've ever been before. Lord, we are asking the Master to come, Lord, and and Lord and visit, Lord, a little a little house, Lord, in Grottos, Virginia. Lord, that may seem to be so dark around us and seem to be things are going in the wrong direction sometimes, but Lord, we know that the master's on the way. And the master has come and calleth. us. Lord, just to hear you call our name, it means all the world to us, Lord, that you know what we're going through, you know the situation that we find ourselves in. We ask, Father, that you would just come tonight and minister once again. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, to submit yourselves therefore to God. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I'd like to pick up on the verse 8 there. Draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to God. I've got this quote here I'd like to begin with in the Thyatarian Church Age. It says, I want to give a warning right here. It says, concerning the last days, that because of the abounding iniquity, the love of many will wax cold It says in the Laodicean or the last age There'll be self-love A love for material things will take the place Of the true love of God He said we need to guard against the power of sin in these last days He said so many are getting so hard Because they haven't realized the effect Of this last day spirit It's time to draw nigh to God And let him fill our lives with his love or we will feel the coldness of the last day church and reject the truth of God, which alone is able to help us. My, we don't ever want to get in that condition. Amen. So what is the cure for all of this? To draw nigh to God, draw nigh to God. And I I want to read this scripture and it's not necessarily in its entirety, but from the from the beginning of the chapter because you know I believe there's sometimes you know in life that we we end up getting involved in things in our lives and 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 arguments or fusses or things going on in our lives and we begin to put things that's not very important this is what he's talking about the the, the things of God then the love for material things or or, or the self-love or the, the, the spirit of this age it takes the place of a true love of God and and I, I don't want to ever lose that love for God, that love for his presence, that love to be in his atmosphere as he comes down in our midst and to touch our hearts and lives and, and to make us more like him. I believe that's ought to be our, our full desire of what we want to be, amen, is to be more like him. But And, and then looking at a different translation here, it just I was reading it in the back, I thought it was good to bring it as we would start on this, it says, for what is the cause of of your conflicts and quarrels with each other. It says, doesn't the battle begin inside of you? Amen. You know, many times we blame our problems on somebody else, but, amen, the scripture always brings a focus really back to where the problem is. You know, Brother Branham would say, my greatest enemy is not this person or that. My greatest enemy is William Branham. And that is our greatest enemy. And he says, it says, doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and to fulfill your own desires? You're jealous. Your jealousy won't what others have. So you begin to see yourselves as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to, to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't want to obtain what you want. You don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. Trying to do it on your own. Amen. It says, if you would ask you won't receive it for you're asking with a corrupt motive, seeking only to fulfill your, only, your own selfish desires. You'll become spiritual adulterers who have, an, uh, have had an affair or an unholy relationship with the world. He says, don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a, is as a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Oh my, he wants more and more of us. And the only way he can have more and more of us is we give him more and more of us. It says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit of God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out his grace when you're humble. It says, so then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him. And he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And God will move closer and closer to you. My Hallelujah. And I, I believe that's what our desire should be, amen. As Christians every day is to move closer and closer to God. That God could come into our lives and and He could cleanse us, He could move us, He could change us. As if it were the potter or the, with the clay on the potter's wheel. He has an image in his mind and he begins to mold, he begins to make, he begins to change it. Amen. And sometimes it's a hard change, sometimes it's a maybe not so noticeable change, but every moment he's moved. And he's making, and I'm just thankful, as the song says, he doesn't throw the clay away. Amen. I know many times I should have been just thrown over there in the ditch somewhere and forgot about, but God doesn't act that way. If he pulled you out, he has a purpose for you and he has a purpose in your life. And so, amen. But he caught, he begins to draw and he begins to draw an image out of that clay as the potter would begin to work on it. I've watched them many times and some of them are so, so skilled. Sometimes you don't even see their movements as they would move. And all of a sudden there'd be a, a, a curve to that clay or there'd be a, a a different image there that you didn't see in your mind because it wasn't your mind the potter was working out of. It was his mind. And it begins to mold and it begins to make it because he's got this, whether it be a pot or a cup or or, or a pan or a bowl or whatever, he has a certain image he's looking for and he's working towards it. And he begins to draw that image out of it. And, and, you know, I I believe as God begins to draw in our life, it causes something to happen in our heart. And because of something begin to move as we begin to feel the pull of God. And I I believe that's a very great honor to, if you have it in your heart tonight, if you feel that pull of God in your life, you say, well, I got the Holy Ghost a long time ago. I I don't believe getting the Holy Ghost ever quenches that pull because we're getting pulled to a greater place. We're getting pulled. Amen. It's a constant pull because God is moving us from this dimension into the the fulfillment of us. Another dimension, Amen. And so, it's a constant pull. It's not uh, get a move of God and be satisfied. It's not get a, a, a you know a, a time in His presence and be satisfied. But no, I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more of God. And we know the Scripture would say it: Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled amen you know brother man would say it like this he said when a man is hungering and thirsting for god god will draw nigh to that man always Always, you know, uh, this, this, these words hunger and thirst, it means to crave. It means to seek with an eager desire. It means to suffer uh, thirst. Uh, those who, have, who are said to thirst in such a way who painfully feel their want of it or eagerly long for it. Those things by which the soul is refreshed and supported and strengthened. It's a, it's a drawing power. It's something, amen, that I, as a song would say, I feel the pull. Amen, I don't want a service to go by or a day to go by or a moment to go by that I'm not feeling the pull from another dimension. You know, we feel the pull of our jobs. We feel the pull of our school. We feel the pull of our human uh, relationships. We feel pull in every direction. But don't ever let it get above or beyond the pull of God. The pull, I mean, pulling you into another dimension. You know, I believe it ought to be so great to where we get to that place where all, as as, as James is speaking about, here we forget about all the little petty things around us and but because we have to get to Jesus Uh, I believe that's what our purpose is here for is to get to Jesus amen amen in this service but ultimately to get to him on the other side amen to sit there with him and talk with him about things I believe that ought to be amen our pull and and our draw amen you know many were drawn into his presence but and when he was here on earth but not all came and with the right approach not all came amen humbly as James would speak about not all came submitting themselves to God amen they still had their own agendas they still had their own ideas. They, they still had their own beliefs. They still had their own reasonings. They had all kinds of things. But as James said, you want to draw nigh to God, submit to God. Submit your will to God. Submit your pride to God. Submit your arrogance to God. Submit whatever it is to God. Give it to Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, there's many examples in the Bible of people that begin to feel a pull from another place. They begin to feel something that was taking place. And I I, 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 I don't know about you, but it just seems to be in the time. Maybe it's the atmosphere we're in. But I I feel more of that pull to another place. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling less satisfied here. Amen. This world ain't my home. Thank God. This thing that's going on around us ain't where I'm planning on staying. You know, people prep for this and prep for that, but I'm not prepping for nothing but the rapture, and getting out of here. Amen. You know, in the days of Solomon, you know it was a wonderful age. It was a golden age. You know, it was uh, God had given a gift to the earth, and it was a gift of discernment. And here Solomon had this gift of discernment, and he would discern because you know, God would speak to him. It was a word of knowledge or it was wisdom that God had placed in his life. He would, you do things that would go beyond human understanding. You know, two women came to him with a baby and, 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 and wanted yeah, the story, you know, one had lost her baby and one had had the baby and one was claiming it and one was saying it was hers. And, and he'd done something that was very wise. He knew, amen, what it was for a mother to love her child. And he said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword and, and they held the baby up. And he said, cut in half and give one half to the other and half to the other half to the other and you know and the, and the mother's love came up and said no don't kill it just give it to her yeah. let it live don't don't kill it give it to her and then in that wisdom he, he, he was able to discern and know whose mama that baby or whose baby that mama whatever amen but who the baby belonged to Amen. So here, here, here he is, you know, he's, he's beginning to do things. And, and, and as Brother Brandon would say, he said, you know, in that day, thankfully they didn't have television that would reach in the foreign lands. It had word of mouth. And, and the word, it must have been very great because it began to travel in the far reaching areas. And there was a little woman down there, amen, we know as the Queen of Sheba, amen, she began to hear about this. She began to hear about something that was going on. She began to hear about a, a man that would be able to tell the thoughts and intents of the heart, begin to speak things and have, have God moving among it. She had a desire for that. It was something in her that had been beyond all of her church around us or idol worship or whatever she had going on. And she began to be pulled to another place. Amen, there was something that was pulling her. There was a drawing. There was a, there was a pulling, and it was enough to get her out of her comfort zone and get her on the back of a camel and go through the desert, amen, through all kind of trials and dangers and toils and snares. Amen, it was enough for her to leave all of what she knew behind and to go to a foreign land for the foreign king with the foreign laws and all of this and leave it all behind because there was something there drawing her. And they think we're crazy in this hour that we're living in because we're living in a time that everything's so easy and everything's seemingly so wonderful. You got a microwave, you got a stove, you got this, you got that. You got a car, you got this, you got that. You got padded pews, you got AC. But this is not why we're here. We're not here to be comfortable. We're not here to stay in some comfort zone. There's something that's pulling us to another place. Amen. There's something that's pulling us or drawing us. And if you don't have that, you ought to say, God, awaken that desire inside of me. Awaken it that I can know that there's another land for me. There's another place for me. There's, there's something greater out there. There's a man that knows my heart. There's somebody that knows what I'm going through. There's somebody that cares about what I'm going through. And here she is being pulled to this place or drawn to this place. And brother Brandon would, you know, would illustrate this many times, and, and go through it very wonderful things as he would bring it out, and and, and and you know he'd go down and he'd talk about how her faith comes by hearing, and you know, and all these things, and 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 how she went to her her, her, her local preacher, you know, and began to ask him about going, and and you know, and he's he, he's like, oh, we we got better church here, we got better things here, And you know, I'm the holy reverend father. You really understand? There's anything supernatural going on our church? would have it we still have he said we still have them you know so don't pull up to that bunch that's a bunch of literate people just a bunch of make-believe just a bunch of work up don't go up there she said well look if it was in our church then why ain't i seeing it in our church that's a good question if it's in our church why ain't i seeing it in our church why don't I see it? I've been here. My grandmother belonged to this church. My grandfather, members, great-grandfather, great And they've never one time seen a move of anything supernatural. He said, but something is drawing me to that supernatural. Something is pulling me. Something is, is moving me. There's something more than these dead idols and these bunch of books and all these things. There's something I want more than what I got. Amen. Well, no, my daughter. Listen, do you realize you, you'll lose your social standing? You'll, you, you know, you'll lose what she said. I don't care what happens, I don't care what happens. He says, when a man or a woman goes to hunger and like that for God, nothing's going to stop them. Amen. Something's pulling them, something's moving them. And she goes back down, she said, You know what. I'm going anyhow. I don't care if they excommunicate me. I don't care if they take my name off a book. I don't care what they do. If they cut me out, I'm not worried about that. I'm determined to find out where there is a living God. I know there's a living God somewhere and I'm determined to find him. Oh hallelujah! Oh my, people would have that desire in their heart for a living God. They wouldn't put up with all the dead churchanity they got. They wouldn't put up with all the things saying you, you know, it's for another day as days of miracles are past or whatever kind of thing. Amen. They would begin something would begin to pull upon their hearts. Something would begin to draw them. She said, "I don't care. I've got to answer this call that's calling." Hallelujah. Oh, when the deep calls to the deep, there's got to be a deep to respond. There's got to be something that, that comes there, hey Amen. You know, you may. Hey, brother, man talks about a boy that was hungry for some. For some, uh, some he started eating the erasers off the pen, off of pencils and the little pedals off the bicycle. And they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Something, there's something wrong with this kid. You know, he's doing all that, but they found out he had he had a lack of sulfur. And there was sulfur in that rubber, and there was sulfur in those pencils, there was sulfur in those bicycle tires. And there had to be a, if he had that desire, that crave for it. There. Had had to be sulfur to be had amen you know he said so that means if there's a there's a desire for God or more of God in your life hallelujah if there's there's a, a drawing or a calling or a want or a need for more of God in your life then there has to be more of God somewhere or you wouldn't have that hunger hallelujah Amen. So, amen, I I believe that if if, if we ought to have, I I hope that every one of us tonight says, I don't care how long you've been serving God. I'm just going to ask a question. How many have been serving God for more than 40 years? I'll just start there. 40 years? 30 years? Keep your hands up. 20 years? 10 years? 5 years? Or maybe tonight? (laughs) I don't care if it's 40 years. There ought not ever be a loss of a desire for more of God. Because God is eternal. You're not going to run out of God. You might run out of peanut butter and you might run out of oatmeal. You might run out of eggs, but you won't run out of God. So therefore, if you can't run out of God, there ought to be a desire for more of God. Amen. You know, there ought to be something that every service, every day, every moment, I want to get closer to him. There ought to be that constant desire. There ought to be that constant pull in our lives, you know. But if what happens, we get we get involved with this, and we get involved with that. We get this over here, and we get this quarrel over here, and we get this going on over here, and we got that over there, and we got this one on YouTube over here, and we got that one over there. And everything's pulling at us. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's pulling at us. And right now it seems to be more so than ever. This one's pulling over from India. That one's pulling from Germany. That one's pulling from Africa. That one's pulling from over here. This one's pulling out. This one's pulling. And it's pull, 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 pull. And if you're not careful, the pull of God will be put somewhere on the back burner somewhere. Begin to think, well, I got enough. No, we can't get enough. I can't get enough. So, you know, he said, well, you're going to get called. You're going to get branded this. You're going to be called this. You're going to be done. I don't care. I want to live in God. i feel the same way. You can brand me a Pentecostal. Thank you. You can brand me a Holy Roller. Thank you. You can brand me whatever you want to brand me. I just want to live in God. (laughs) I want a God that's real. I want a God that'll change a life. I want a God that will heal the sick and I want a God that will raise the dead. You can call me how whatever you want to call me, but I want that kind of God. There's a drawing inside of me. I want to see the supernatural. Listen, we got cancer on every hand. I want to see a God who heals cancer. I want to see a God who heals sugar, diabetes, and blood pressure. I want to see a God that takes sin and wipes it all away. I want to see that kind of God. And he is that kind of God because I couldn't have that kind of desire if he wasn't so. And he is so. She had a lot of perils to go through. Had a lot to face her. Maybe her and just a few eunuchs and maidens to go with her traveling through Ishmael's children <laughs> down through a desert, robbers everywhere. She took some gold and spices and frankincense treasures that she could offer him. But you know, she wasn't worried about all of that. Something was moving in her heart to find God. <laughs> and he said, when something It's moving in your heart to find God you don't know fear. You can say, can I walk, Brother Branham? You really hunger to walk? God's putting that in your heart to walk. You say, well, I might make a mistake. What? Mistake? God will take you through it. Don't ever worry that. If God is telling you in your heart and there's a desire in there, something's going to take place. You said, well, Brother Branham, I, I'd like to preach the whole gospel, but I'm afraid to. They would ex- excommunicate me, take my papers away. He said, throw it back out at them and start walking with God. Whatever, walk with God. He said, a nurse told me the other day, he said, if I believed in divine healing, they'd take away my papers. Anybody that confesses that. Up in the hospital while I was praying for some people. And they said, if I p- profess that, they'd take my nurse's rights right away from me. I said, throw it away. It ain't no good anyhow. It's something greater. There's a the blood of Jesus Christ that's greater than any sickness. He said, I believe in medicine. I believe in doctors. I believe in hospitals. He said, but don't be a fanatic. Don't go to the extremes. God's the one that does the healing. I believe in machinery. I believe in automobiles. I believe in soap to wash our hands, clothes that we wear, machines. But I believe in that. But it ain't going to hinder my faith in Almighty God to know he's the one that gives them and sends them to me. Hallelujah. She had a lot of conflict to get to God or to get to Solomon. But you know, when anybody's really thirsting for God, there ain't nothing going to stop them. No, she moved. She didn't, and listen, when she got there, she wasn't just ready for 15 minutes. Listen to this now. He said, did you ever measure the distance? You know how long it takes, how long it would take to drive? First thing you know, she had to go through the desert. Wasn't in no air-conditioned Cadillac. No, she went on the back of a camel. Took her three months to make it. Three months. No wonder Jesus said she'll stand in this generation and condemn it. He said, and people live across the street and won't get in a car and everything. That shows what the problem is. Hello, somebody. Hey, Amen. I was going to preach this last Wednesday night. I know, I know Sunday we got, hey, we got some hide burning. Part two. Hey, Amen. Listen, we got to get our priorities right. This ain't time that we're getting ready to put, put, make a camp and we're going to stay here for months and years and 10, 15 more, 20 more. I ain't planning on staying 20 more years. This ain't the time to pack up. This is the time to unpack. This right here is the time and the moment to get rid of your bitterness. You've been holding it long enough. You've been holding that petty thing long enough. It's going to take you down to hell if you keep it. It's time we let go of the things that's been holding us, you know. Oh, we can hold us just enough we still come to church, but are you really going to church? Amen, we want to get rid of all those things. It's just petty nonsense. When you put it towards the things of eternity, the thing, anything in this world, anything in this world, good or bad, is petty nonsense compared to that over there. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, this, then this we ought to be a people that are preparing not for our 401K or our retirement or this, that, and the other. We are a people preparing to leave. Yes. A people preparing to get out of here. Yes. There's judgment coming upon this earth. Yes. Listen, they're passing things right now in Russia. People are shaking in their boots. Making it illegal, anybody 14 years old and up, illegal to share your faith, even in your own home. How far are we from there? And we're preparing to stay? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. There ain't nothing in this world I want. Is, can I get a Amen. Ain't nothing in this world that I want. Give me Jesus. He said the problem is. He says people live across the street, and you can see it in their attitudes. They come in thirty minutes late to church. That is an attitude towards Christ. You you got you got all these things going on in people's lives, and they're allowing it to take precedence. Or more importance over the things of God. And you know, I'm looking at myself like, God, I, I want to let go of all these things. Amen. Draw nigh to God. Amen. This is a time to draw nigh to God. Amen. You know, I, I've been overseas, and, and, and listen, my first trip overseas was as a young kid, 17 years old. I think I've told it here, but I'll tell it again changed my life and my perspective forever going into the deep dark jungles of Africa and out there you come to a service of 500 packed building 500 or so maybe more people one car and we drove up in it a couple bicycles and people walking for 70 80 miles to church pregnant come on now <laughs> Not padded pews, not air-conditioned building, sit on the edge of their seats and get angry if you was to go 30 minutes or an hour because they put so much into it. And then I realized, okay, that's what our problem is. We don't put a whole lot into it. Let's just be honest. As Americans, we get get up, we fix our breakfast maybe in the microwave or some bowl of cereal. We jump in the car 20 minutes in the air-conditioned vehicle. We're there to sit on a padded pew, and we get angry if we go an hour and a half. Start looking at our clocks. What is is our problem? What happened to the draw? Not to God. The things of God ought to be the most important thing in our life. Get to Jesus. That's why I come to church. I don't come to church to get to you. I don't come to church to get to a pew. I come to church to get to Jesus. And when he comes by, I don't want to take a moment for granted. Said she got there, he said, she came to stay. When she arrived at the gate, what did she do? She unpacked her camels, fixed her tent, prepared to stay till she was satisfied. Looking through the scriptures, she examined to see how it would be. She didn't, she she, she, did. she come, she said, she stayed. Not say, well, if they preach over 20 minutes, brother, I'm gone, but she stayed for day after day. She come because there was something in her heart Drawing her. You say, Well, Brother Branham, it might mean I lose two hours of sleep. It meant a kingdom to her. Did you hear that? She was giving up a kingdom. Not two hours of sleep, a kingdom. It meant life to her. He said, You think I'm hard, but I'm not. She stayed there. She unloaded her camels. I can imagine, and just as a little drama. She said, I'll find out. I know about what Jehovah is because I've read the prophets. I know what I know what he's supposed to be. The church bell tolls. Pastor Solomon came out, came to the platform. She began to begin to speak. And she noticed it. it was perfect. The discernment was perfect. I imagine a little heart began to beat. Next one come up perfect. Next one come up perfect. Next one come up perfect. Oh my. Back to her tent she went, Called a little maids and said it's just exactly according to this word, these scriptures here that I read. It's according to everything else somebody told me. I'm going to go in now and see him for myself. You know what she'd done? She turned because Solomon said she knew she, let me go back. She said, when she got ready, she come up before Solomon. The Bible said there was nothing hid from Solomon before her. He told her what was in her heart. And she turned and she lifted her hand and said, blessed be the Lord God. Elohim, blessed be great Jehovah, the Lord your God that gives you these things. All I've heard is true, and the more I've heard, it's true. Amen, it's all true. Even blessed are these men that are with you that are standing here daily watching before you this gift work. Blessed are they that are with you. This is glorious. And Jesus said, she'll stand in the day of judgment and condemn this generation. He said, because a greater than Solomon is here. Not the type of Christ. Christ himself. Moving among us. God help our lackadaisical attitude sometime. Brother Brandon, I was sent this today by Brother Ron. I had to throw it in here. So if the Holy Spirit will reveal what that woman there's for, because we also seen that discernment in this age. He said, you'll know it have to be, it'll be super, have to be supernatural then. He said, but if you believe it's a devil, you'll receive a devil's reward. He said, if you believe it's God, you'll receive God's reward. It's the way you approach a gift. He said, the woman that touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she received healing. It was a draw that drawed her there. It was something that was pulling her to that hem of his garment. There was a faith that was pulling her. And, and, and she received healing because of that draw and that pull and her approach. He said, But the same thing, having a soldier put a rag around his head and try and said, let's, let's try this gift out and see if it's right. Took a stick and hit him in the head, said, If you're a prophet, tell us who hit you and we'll believe you. He said, God don't clown for nobody. He never opened his mouth and said a word. He just let him alone. And he's in torment tonight and will never be delivered. The woman's in glory tonight, enjoying the blessings of God forever. It just depends on what attitude you take when you approach him. Hello, somebody. So to be drawn to God. Listen, that man was drawn. There was something that drawn him. There was a gift there that drawn that man. But it drawed him. His motives were not pure. His motives, he had ulterior motives. And so he had put a rag around his head and he'd smite him. And he had ulterior motives when he came to Jesus. But this woman had another motive. But the motive she had lined up with his word. And the motive she had was for healing. And she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. It was a draw. Both were drawed. This was a draw of God. Draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. He would say it like this. He says, too bad the church don't walk in the Spirit more than we do. It's the kind of, that kind of time when God comes to you. You know, it was on the road of Emmaus when Cleopas and his friend was speaking and talking and thinking about Jesus That he walked out of the bushes and was by the side of them walking with them. But it was while they were thinking upon him. It was a draw that was taking place. He said the trouble with the world today, we're thinking about everything else but him. And we wonder why we don't get his blessings. (laughs) He said, it was just a few weeks ago, about three weeks. I was sitting down by some sycamore trees and was telling you, begin to think. It was over there for the first time that he came to me and declared the new minister to me. He says, think on him. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Amen. Think on him. David spoke that he would write his commandments upon his bedposts and meditate on them day and night. That's what the church ought to do. We would, if you would keep your heart tuned in with God day and night, it's then when he appears. You know, I believe I found the key. We wonder sometimes, you know, we've talked about it many times about services. You know, sometimes you walk out and services and it's like, it just ignites. And you're like, wow, is it a song? What was it? What happened? You walk out, you can sing the same songs, you can do the same things and it's dead as a doornail. What happened on that other service? Somebody was ready to approach God. Somebody was moving in that channel. Somebody had found it. And listen, that ain't all on the song leader. Hello, somebody. You can pull a song leader in that channel. Come on, somebody. You, if you can pull a preacher off his notes and begin, go down and begin to discern things that you're going through, you can pull a song leader in a certain direction. But how is it sometimes we put it all on the song leader? Well, he was just sleepy or he was this, that, or the other. It's his fault. No, it might not be all his fault. We ought to come looking for Jesus. Jesus our thoughts and our thinking are you when you're driving to church are you thinking about the service and how you need to meet God and what's going on are you thinking about this, that and the other more my, uh, and our conversations what are they about we ought to be a prepared people come on now I'm challenging myself as well we ought to, I said we we ought to be a prepared people for a prepared moment that in any moment he can walk right through here. And I wanna be prepared enough to know when he's here. I wanna be prepared enough to know that he's here. And if I can just get to him and I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. All right. So, what happened to Mary? She was drawn into a promise. Listen to this. She was walking down the street. No one was on the street yet. She walked along this little dirt path. All of a sudden, she began to think about something. Think about the promise of God, of a savior. Brother Brown, I'm talking about, beginning to think about what the pastor was preaching the day before and reading this scripture in Isaiah, Behold a virgin shall conceive. And she's thinking on those things. And all of a sudden, she realized something else was near. Something strange was happening. It was a, mess. he said, that's a most wonderful experience. He said, I trust that everybody here has experienced them kind of experiences at one time or another. Hallelujah. If you haven't, this would be a good night to start. Oh, yes. Just start thinking about him. Just start worshiping Him in your heart, and all of a sudden, as you draw that way, you'll feel the close fellowship of the Holy Spirit all around you. And it gets so anointed till you can't hold it no more, and they'll start throwing up your hands, or you'll do something. You can't stand still when it comes around. Hello, did you hear me, somebody? When you begin to draw into that kind of presence, you can't stand still. You can't stand still when it comes around. And she was thinking, not noticing who was around her. What sister so-and-so got on? (laughs) I know these monitors, you can see all kind of people in there, can't you? How many people have y'all looked at tonight? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) She was thinking all of a sudden feeling great. The feeling got so great around her. Until she raised up her head, and what she did, there was a light standing in front of her. Woo. And out of that light steps an angel. What started all of this? Her thinking about him. <laughs> oh, I thought I had to be uh, some great thing. I, I thought I had to be some preacher. No, thinking about him. Just begin to think on these things. Begin to contemplate and meditate and think about God and his goodness. Listen, if you're sad and you start thinking about God and his goodness, you can't stay sad. Amen. When you begin to think what he's done for you, (laughs) he's been really good. Amen. Brother Johnny would say he's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Amen. That's good right there. Because we know we like to treat ourselves real good. But God's been better than that. Amen. When you start thinking about him and you begin to think about all the things he's done for you, you begin to think about the miry clay he took you out of and the sin and the shame and the iniquity that he, you were, the reproach that you was bearing. Amen. I mean, you begin to think about all the things he cleansed you from, the drinking and the smoking and the, and the womanizing and this, that, and the other. And you begin to think of what you used to be. And you're not what you used to be. And you're not what you want to be. And you're not what you ought to be. But one day, you're going to keep walking there. And you're just thinking about He took me from this step. And he moved me to this step. You're taking this step. And he moved me to this step. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, brother. But somehow, I found myself on the other side of that problem. Because he brought me here to this place. And he moved me right around that cancer. He moved me right around that situation. You start thinking about the goodness of God and all that he's done for you. It'll change the atmosphere around you. It'll change all the things you've been thinking about tomorrow. You'll forget about it when you start thinking about how good, how righteous, how wonderful, how lovely, how glorious he is to you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of this moment for just a moment can put in your mind the goodness of Almighty God to you? Amen. Woo! There ought to be some shouts. He's wonderful. I say he's more than wonderful. He's a glorious God. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a sin savior. He's everything and so much more. All of a sudden, that thing will begin to change around you. Amen. Hey man, you wonder why you have been in depression. Maybe it's because of what you're thinking on. on. Yeah. And you're dwelling on. And you wonder why you're you all down in the dumps. It might be because of what you've been feeding on. Oh, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's it. on. All of a sudden, a light whirled around. And out of it steps an angel. Whew. He said, if you want angels to appear to you, keep your mind on God and off the things of the world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Go about your business. Go to your church. Go to your washing dishes, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, but keep your mind on him all day and all night. Then angels will start appearing. God will do something because you're drawing close to him. You got the world shut out. Just you and him are together. The appearing of this angel frightened her. She'd been taught that days of miracles are past. But she's seen something happen. The angel told her, hell, Mary, that means to stop. He had a message for her. When the angel comes, he's got a message for you. And the Holy Spirit, God's angel, is here tonight with a message to every believer. Just keep him on your mind. Keep thinking about him, how lovely he is, how sweet he is, how he keeps his promises. If you're sick, get this on your mind. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed keep your mind centered like that, something's about to happen. Amen. All of a sudden, there'll be something drawn out of you as an anointing will come on you and out of that chair you'll go. Drawn out of God and God will draw out of you. My. As we said, so we're going down here, Blind Bartimaeus, let me back up for a minute, still with Mary, he says, oh, if we didn't have so many other things on our mind, you know, we, sometimes we'll come to church thinking about tomorrow I got to do this, the next day I got to do that. When we come to church, we ought to lay aside every thought and everything of the world, And enter into fellowship with Christ. That's why we're here. Or why do we make the effort? Enter into fellowship with Christ and worship. Begin meditating. Begin worshiping songs and praises. Thinking of his goodness. Thinking about what he means to you. Worshiping him in spirit. Singing spiritual songs. Amen. Making melodies in our heart. Even the Bible said if there are any afflicted, let them sing songs. Be happy. Be in meditation. Always expecting God at any moment to appear to you. Hello. Maybe that's the problem. We're not expecting God at any moment to appear. Maybe... Maybe we ask the question: If you was expecting him to appear in the morning, in the rapture, will you change something? Well, don't wait to the morning, the morning to try to change it. Right. Right. Change it. it. Let it go. Drop it. Yes. Let it go. It. People carry things for years, and they'll bring it up in a drop of a hat. Drop it. It's petty. Let it go. Go on with Jesus Christ. Blind Bartimaeus began to think. He said his mind began to leave his situation and what he was going through and his blindness and all that and his, and his circumstances and begin to think about where he was at. And he said, you know what happened right here where I'm at? He says, the great captain of the Lord's host was standing on this ground right here. Not, but just a few hundred years ago. He says, what happened? Blind Bartimaeus began to think about what happened right there. What's happened in this building? Right. what, what, What happened right through here Somewhere between round, right around and here, somewhere some cancer left a woman's body. Because the chief captain was there. <laughs> somewhere right here, God moved and brought sinners right back to Jesus. right here. So at any moment, he could appear again. <laughs> and do the same thing. Because he's the same God. And he said, but at that moment, little did he know that less than a hundred yards from him stood the same captain of the host. The Lord Jesus making his way to him. He said, when we think of God, when we begin to dream dreams of well-being and we begin to dream dreams of being saved and we begin to think about our sins and how cruel it is before God, that's when he draws near. Why are you dreaming those dreams? Many times because it's what you've been thinking on. Things in their mind, things that happen sometimes not, but sometimes that's the way it is. Amen. He said, what happens when you begin to dream dreams of being well or dream dreams of being saved? And we begin to think about how our sins and the cruelty it is to God. And that's when he begins to draw near. That's when these disciples, broken hearted, going on the road to Emmaus, here thinking about all kinds of things. But they begin to think about what had happened and what had went on and begin to talk about him. And he steps out of the bushes. And begins to speak. He said, you see the trouble today? We've got so much money and stuff on our mind. God can't get a place to get in our own thinking. He said, we want to go downtown, shop for new dresses, new hats, something, another. Go see Susie or John. We're going to do this tonight and play cards tonight. We'll go to church tomorrow night. And we can't go now because we got to watch this program or do this. we got everything else on our mind. He said, the church has got so many orders and things that keep us so busy, prayer meetings left out. We need to draw nigh to God so he will draw nigh to us. But everything else has took the place of that. Everything has took the place of real spiritual worship. Maybe two or three minutes in church and just I love you and lay down and pray a moment and then say, oh God, don't you love that? And go to sleep. He said, but I just love to lift up my hands and drink from the fountain until I can't drink no more. Until it's just bubbling over in his goodness and his sweetness. Oh, my. He said, I was talking to a, of a noted evangelist, T.L. Osborne. He said, I was thinking, Brother Branham, my whole objective is to save souls and give all my time to save souls. He said, I happen to think, what about my own love and devotion to Christ? Christ loves him, too. He loves us. He put a lot of time and things, but God wants us to come apart and sit down and worship him and talk with him. And talk it over. I love that. Oh, that sweetness. That's the greatest time of anybody's life. Woo, we had a great time. This is the greatest time of anybody's life is to sit down and meditate and get everything off your mind and let all the nervousness go and let all the, thing, the frustrations go and start worshiping God and praising God and thinking on God and draw nigh to God. And he draws nigh to you. And this is where blind Bartimaeus said, Oh, if I could only have been there then. And didn't know the same captain was about to walk through the place. He says, God lets you think on things sometimes. Study about it for a while. He said, it's what you come to church for. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. What are you thinking about tonight? What have you thought about while you've been in church? Many Maybe I won't get healed. I'll go back home the same. You'll get what you're thinking about. But have a determination in your heart that God's going to do it and God will do it. Don't pack your sin back home. Don't pack your unbelief back home. Don't take your disease back home. Hallelujah. Like the man here last night in the wheelchair and the different ones, you don't have to pack it back home. God will take you out of it. If you believe he's still the same God, think of it while you're sitting there. Drone out of God and God had drawn out of you. The woman at the well, trouble? Yes, she had trouble. A lot of thoughts on her mind. No doubt she had a lot of thoughts on her mind. A lot of situations she didn't know what to do with. Five husbands now and now living with a sixth one. Morally, she was gone. She wanted to be a real lady. She had been reading the Bible. She had been thinking about things. and Here she come to the well about noon, 11 o'clock noon. She couldn't come early when the righteous women came. She couldn't come mix with them. They had segregation of that day. Right and wrong, didn't mix together. Moral stayed in their place, so she couldn't go. But here she come with this pot on her head. No doubt she was going along thinking. Now, the man that I married got a hold of last night. I'm doubting him. He's a man. He acts so funny. I, I don't know about him. I haven't got a chance. I'm ousted from society and all these thoughts. I can't even go to church. Just look at... I don't know what to do. I'm in distress, but I've been... I've been reading in the Bible that someday that prophet will come on the scene. Now, I know they claim that there's no such a thing. This is so maybe 100 years off, thousands of years off. We've been looking for it now. It hasn't ever happened, but it's got to happen one of these days. It's got to come along. We've got to see the Messiah. She's so going along thinking. You know, when you think about him, that's when he appears to you. And she thought about those things, and all of a sudden, as she's thinking about him, she hears a man say, Bring me a drink. What about it? In the darkest of hours, when her morals were gone, maybe a pretty little lady had been turned to the streets. Sometimes it's not even the girl's fault. Maybe it's her parents' fault. Let her go on like that. Maybe her hair curls hanging down, but now she's depleted, going on weary. Nothing at any, nobody had anything to do with her. But she comes on, she hears a voice, bring me a drink. And all of a sudden the one that can fix her problems is standing right before her. Wow! She was thinking on him. I mentioned it in our prayer. Martha had a lot of problems. Her brother now dead. She would called for her friend, Jesus, and he just went on further. But There was a pull. There was a drawing. Like, if he just comes, I know it's going to be all right. right. If he can just come by, I know it's going to be all right. Just looking for him any day. God's going to come. Jesus is going to move. That'll be our cry. I don't care how dark it is any day. He's going to come. Today could be the day. Any moment. You say, well, it seems impossible. Any moment. The doctor says it's impossible. Any moment. Well, I've had a lot of heartaches along the way. Any moment. I've had a lot of difficulties. You don't know the things I've been. Any moment, the one that can fix the problems can be standing right before you. And all of a sudden, she hears the word. The master has come and calleth for you. <laughs> don't you know the rush of emotions that went through her? I don't, I don't feel like she diddly-daddled around. She got up and she took herself right to meet him. There was something in her. I knew if I could just get to him, my brother's going to be all right. But well, Martha, he's dead. It doesn't matter. Even now, Lord... Even now, you're still able. Right now in this situation, I don't know how, but it's not up to me how. It's up to you. She began to come in the right approach. She fell down and began to worship him. She came in the right attitude. Oh, Lord. She gave him the right title. Lord, if that had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now... He's four days dead, but even now, the problem seems impossible, but even now, you ask God and God will do it. Even now, Lord, he's dead. Been dead four days. He's stinking, but even now, whatever you ask, can you believe what's calling me right now? It's a spam risk. Always trying to pull on you call on you. There ain't but one call I'm worried about answering. That's his call. The devil's always trying to spam you out of something. Trying to scam you from getting the blessing of God. Getting your mind off over here and off over there. And meanwhile, Jesus is walking right around you. And we're so clouded over by Laodicea or something that's going on that day or some fuss we had on the way to church and we can't get nothing. And Jesus is moving. Even now, Lord, Martha being drawn, drawn nigh to Him, the One who could change the whole situation in just a moment. It was the right attitude. It was the right approach. Even now, He says, "Thy brother shall rise again." She said, "Yes, Lord. I know He'll raise in the last days. He was a good boy." He'll raise in the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Don't you ever forget who he is. In the middle of your battle, in the middle of your war, that does not change who he is. He's a God that can walk on water. He's a God that can put his foot on the bow of your boat and say, peace be still. And the waves go down to nothing but are not even a ripple. And the devil shut their mouth when he speaks. That's the kind of God he is. Don't ever forget who he is. I am the resurrection of the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth me shall never die. Brother, he wasn't much to look at. But his words had power in them. And he spoke, Lazarus, come forth. He said, if you wouldn't have called Lazarus' name, there would have been a general resurrection. But he had a name that was laying there. He had a purpose for being there. It was one person he came for. Hallelujah, I've seen him arrange meetings. I've seen him come to tomb after tomb after tomb and call one name. And they come forth in the life everlasting. That's the kind of God he is. He said, here he is, this broken hearted woman laying here, a dead man laying over there. But this woman having faith and recognizing the gift that was in the Son of God, the greatest gift that ever came to the earth, God coming down into a man, something's got to happen. She said, Lord, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God that was coming to the world. He said, where have you buried him? And he walked right to it and began to call And Lazarus came forth. He said, do you know? And he comes back and he said, do you know? God does some things a different way just to find out what people will do. No, he said, now it might be over your head. You hadn't seen it, haven't noticed it, but I've done something just now to do something. And he said, so help me. I watched it work. He said, you see? You changed your attitude, you changed your voice, you changed your sermon sometimes, watching to see certain things and then watch and see how it acts. He said, because the prayer line is fixed and come up and it'd be better for that to not to be among you. He's talking about something that went on. He said, but see, God will do the very same thing. He'll allow something to come along to see what you're gonna do. To see if you're gonna start thinking about how bad it is or how terrible it is or how unbelievable, impossible it is or how great your God is, how able he is, even now, Lord, even now. We can see some other things here. Find a spot here. He talks about the boy that came to Jesus to give him the invite to come to the, I believe it was Simon's house, the Pharisee. And he said, he came and he had an opportunity, the greatest opportunity ever given, to stand before the Creator. And to speak to him, he said, but he was so caught up in his duty that he didn't realize who he was standing in front of. And he said, he turned and gave him the note, turned and walked away. He says, and Jesus watched that boy as he went. And he said, why didn't that boy speak to me? Was be- why, why? Because he wasn't conscious of who that was. God don't let me get in that place. He said, may I say this, not sacrilegious. May I say this, not because it's this meeting or any meeting. He said, but I think that's what's the matter today. People are not conscious of it. They see scriptures identified, but they're not a conscious of who it is. They'll see something and say, oh, isn't that wonderful? That was fine. But you're not conscious of what it is. If it was, there'd be repentance going on. There'd be weeping going on. There'd be crying going on. The city would have a revival. Half of you would be locked up before morning. (laughs) That's right. If we'd be conscious of what it is. But we pass by many times and miss our opportunity. He said, I don't think the boy really realized he had been raised up among the Pharisees. Maybe a religious man had been raised up. Pharisees had laughed at Jesus, made fun of him, and it threw him off. Right. Yeah, right. And there was nothing but just another message to give. He had delivered just to another person that, sat, that was standing there. Amen. Just as he would deliver it to anybody else. But if he had been conscious that boy could raise from the dead today and sit in this service, he'd do something about it. He'd have a testimony that would shake us all, but he wasn't conscious. I want to be conscious when he comes by. I don't want to be conscious of him moving among us in the slightest movement. I want to know he's here let me tell you he is here tonight his word says he is and he cannot deny his word but are we conscious say Jesus is here Jesus is moving among us he's touching our lives that's who did that that's who saved that boy that's who healed that person he did it for them he can do it for me and all of a sudden you're aware something takes place jesus is in the building and if i could just touch the hem of his garment if i could just fall down and worship give him praise and honor and glory and let all these little petty things go let it go won't you bow your hands? Just right now, make a conscience effort. Lord, I'm not carrying this no more. I'm letting it go. I'm laying it at your feet. I'm giving it to you. I wonder if there's somebody here that wants to touch the hem of his garment. Just wants to touch him as he passes by.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Don't just run up to him and give him the note. Turn around and walk away. I need Jesus. I want to draw nigh to him. I need the Lord. I need him in my life, in my heart. I need a renewing. I want to be, I want to draw nigh to him. Is that your heart's desire tonight? Many would say, Lord, I want to draw nigh. Forgive me for my thoughts, things of everyday life, and worries, and fretting, and fear, and anxiety, and things I can't do nothing about, no how. My little petty differences, and bitterness, and unforgiving things. I'm laying it down. I need you. He knows where you're at. Maybe you're at home tonight, been in a dark place. He's here for you tonight. He's drawing you. That's him that's brought you to the place that you are. He's brought you this far. He's going to take you all the way. Hallelujah. Just lay it at his feet. Why don't you talk to him for a moment? You're in his presence now. It's you and Jesus. Block out your neighbor for a moment. It's your wife, daughter, family, friend, visitor, whatever. Just block it all out and say, Lord, it's me and you. I just need to have a conference with you for a moment to talk with you. Just to lay some things over to you. Give you more of my heart. Give you more of my pride and passion, whatever whatever it is give it to you give it to Jesus hallelujah lord just feel in your nearness lord don't never know how things will go sometimes as you prepare just want to go as we feel directed Lord, I, I know this age that we live in is such a demanding age. Demands on every side, pulls from every way. But God, let the pull of God get stronger. Don't let it get weaker. It's drawn high. Oh, God, the closer we get, the harder the pull will be. Lord, the pull is so weak tonight, it's because we're so far from you. But Lord, let us draw nigh. To one day, Lord, that last pull pull us out of this dimension into another. That's what believers believe. A body change. Lord, I give myself to you. Of people tonight, Lord, there's many here, Lord, that just lifted their hands and said, I want to lay all these things aside. I want to draw now. I want to draw closer. on a closer walk with you, Lord, to give more of myself to you. Bless your people, Lord. Bless the hearts. Bless each and every one. In Jesus' name. These altars are open. They always are. Whatever, find a place. As Brother Tim said, don't, don't social distance from God. If you need Him, find Him. Seek after Him while He can be found. Seek Him with your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. With surrender, Lord. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 20, 30 years. Don't matter. You need more of Jesus. More of God. Give yourself to Him. Withholding nothing